A rain, a veritable torrent of souls dripped from the living light leaf. The souls melded with the tree, creating world leaves that were larger than belief. The shadow the tree cast blanketed the warriors free, who fought for the freedom of the world, you see. Sinvella's opposal of her family's intent to enslave the newborn mortal race had made her an outcast without a place. Dark gods, most of which lied slain, as her sister and father cursed her with disdain. Orneus, god of chaos and father of sin, sent forth Excusia, mother of blood, to begin. Her silver light sword met brutal blood axe as the blood god began a series of attacks. As the jagged weapon bore down with a vertical slash, Sinvella raised her blade and the two began to clash. Sparks flew from their weapons as she called in hate. They are not our playthings. I will change this fate. Excusia laughed. <laughs> they belong to us, exile. Orneas's lips curled as he smiled. As he smiled. Sinvella had been born different, not from the void. Orneas cursed the love he had for her mother, who they had to kill. Excusia felt overjoyed. It's five days ago, Malave, her mother, face aglow. The multiversal tree, a present, had a flourish of the help from Orneas' ascent. Ascent was the magical property within his blood. He became the fire of the tree, it, his brotherhood. Orneas gave Malave the multiverse as a gift. The others, sensing weakness, began to cause a rift. First was Alavel, chuckling with mirth. She sees others, my friend. You must have no worth. The trick of fate, as he sent Morakai to talk to Malave in privacy, looked like a date. Had left Orneas broken, Sinvella's birth, birth night, all of it, cruelty he thought, no hope of light. He looked at his daughter, who shone so bright, before ordering Excusia to end his lover. Excusia had always desired Orneas as her brother. So, the god of murder killed Malave, which brings us back to present day. Alave had sat in his room. The eyes of fate followed the fight. One goddess would meet her doom. Orneas had a change of heart, stabbing Excusia in the back for a start. He hung her from the Aedigal tree. He told Sinvella the world should belong to you, you see. But fate stepped in at the end, teleporting behind Orneas, an attack that he couldn't defend. Want to save dear old dad? Sinvella knew fate's plan and was oddly glad. You seek to control the end. Fate answered, free will should be an illusion. Don't pretend. Orneas at that moment knew what he knew he'd been played. Spearing fate into the sea of souls, fate laughed. We may die, but it's one of many goals. He dissolved into clawing hands. As Sinvella's tears gave mortal souls the bodies of men, the end of lives, fate's death, would be our descent. As fate became a reaper, end times, he would be the ultimate table sweeper. Deepening fire in the distance, four torches lit, yet in the dark, fear was a verbal admittance. The monster lay just inside the wood. The men mustered their courage, for they knew they could. A little drink never hurt, right? Even in the darkening of the night. They proceeded then to walk this path, facing down the darkness and the monster's wrath. She sat, a small young girl, pale skin, hand in the pond as the water swept. Witch! They screamed, looking for their brothers for support. 
the odd child's screams were for naught. The men had returned a hero's welcome within the village. These were great knights, not bandits, that rape and pillage. You see, the ether had tainted the land, infecting people with magic's hand. People would be put to the torch, and most would be innocent. None to put to death by accident. You see, fear of those different was in the heart of man. Some killed for mere greed. Why have your own plan? Page 2. Wolfpack. The wolves laid amidst the briarwoods fawned bush. Up against their fur, barely noticed it brush. A blonde man of pale complexion approached the pack. He turned and dropped his weapons, revealed his back. The alpha snarled, yet looked into his eyes. The wolf lowered its head, much to the other's surprise. The man had said in a strange tongue, My name is Bruknir. I will not trespass long. The wolf would stay by Bruknir's side as he approached the hamlet. He pulled from his backpack a poster-like pamphlet. It read, Wanted, Bandit Leader, Sir John Bone Smasher. Bruknir said, I know Sir Wolf. You may have passed her. He knew the Alpha would not make the trip. The wolf said in an animal tongue, once only. Go now, kill the flame men, but do not be lonely. He howled, and the young wolf appeared. The Alpha spoke, this is Braver. He will accompany you. Ridders of the firemen. As he disappeared, the woodland shadow meld practiced by infected wolves always put fear in the locals, it seemed. But more than that, a sly smile was gleamed. He would protect his woodland home from the starless empire and the firemen alike. His jagged fangs slipped back in a metallic spike. Page 3. The Dryad Queen The Dryad crept through the forest floor and said, Alphagus of the woodland wolves, why was this man not bled? Alphagus gave a grunt in reply, Satyr, you sense auras you know as well as I. The Dryad gave a crooked smile, gracefully lifted her legs over the other wolves as she planned. She floated like a feline across the forest floor, skirt of peacock-coloured leaves span in a blur. As she reached the large rock, Alphagia scoffed a mock. The two had forever been friends and rivals. The forest was, after all, a shared domain, like interconnected halls. She waved her hand when a chessboard appeared. The wolf's ears pricked as his head reared. Oh no! This time was Satir that mock. Oh no, do you need me to move for you? The two laughed as Brooknear, the one-day bright wolf, began his mercenary craft. Chapter 4 Braver Yellow eyes greeted Brooknear from the darkness. Smoke clouds formed into an odd-shaped wolf. It was a runt, but Brooknear admired its starkness. Contrasted meshed black frames embroidered the creature. Almost like a living dark metal, it was a strange feature. Brooknear spoke as Braver led the way. Don't talk much, do you? Or run gone astray.
3010 EE, Asperian era. It flickers in the dark. The ground lies in embers of a destructive spark. Web wings outstretched, controlling air currents. People suffocate. An elemental guardian enraged that we must placate. The powerful legs of the last Asperian stand strong. The child creature in a chaotic throng. Insectoid in nature, fuzzling, full of dazzling mosaic. The curves of greens and reds, often prosaic. It dwelt in the abyssal mountains of yore, venomous tongues slaying all who came before. Its body shone with a warning light. The man approached and said, <coughs> I will not fight. Ashingale coughed up blood and said, I'm dying. Me, Ashingale, first of the sultans, I ask you to stop. The beast's wings flickering caused it to cease as, it set, as its second head dropped. It turned to lower its head around, no trick. The sultan was brave, it would admit. It reached out with its mind, shredding his in two. The sultan saw one emerald eyes, once emerald eyes turned blue. The Asperian poured forth centuries of pain into the Ashengale's mind. It learned of Ashengale's weak immune system and his tuberculosis as it spoke telepathically. You were in a bind. You come to me for strength. Your will formidable. Your brothers are blind. I, Zisigris, release your mind. The golden robes fell to the floor. The young sultan regained his composure once more. I sit upon my throne of polished black marble, giving knight's orders, my voice a garble. The white marble floor polished to perfection. In my pristine kingdom here, there can be no election. Few call me a tyrant, the ones that do disappear. I wonder if anything can be so clear. I am my kingdom's brightest wolf, my blackened armor, my chain coof. I strut down the red carpet, I only see what I wish, as the cook brings out my latest dish. I have my wife sampled, for if it is poison she can spit. My ruthless efficiency, no one can depend on me. I am he which no sword strikes, the heads of my enemies rot on spikes. Few can see the lonely king, trumpets sound over war's din. Califrax does not spit this day, I wish and hope, hope and pray. I've seen the look in her eye, to me I know she does despise. My son grows older as I grow colder. I know one day I will have to scold her. I move between my son and wife, taking out my dart-lit knife. In my kingdom there can be no strife, a demon I call him as I take his life. Califrax in anger, she will not obey, I have no place for prisoners today. But my men, my puppets, do not move to aid me, they are ready to betray me. Throughout this ordeal one thing has kept me sane, my utterly incomprehensible disdain. You see, my son was too soft to rule in my stead, but his mother, for whom I have filled visions of red, will keep the empire alive long after I am dead. I grow old and weak, no passion for the tithe, too much a coward to take my own life. I formulated a plan, you see, for the future of my realm. I will split the empire one last time, I shall wear my battle helm. I, as I dive into battle with my wife once more, knowing it will cost my life a war, I enter the forest of the lost to find out if it is worth the full cost.